Hey, what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to Forgiven AF Podcast. Remember, this is a second chance podcast that we use as marketing material for our mentorship program for second chance mentors. And I've uh, got some exciting stuff going on with the mentorship program that I'm actually really proud of. Sometimes I'll just shoot shots at people on Instagram, like famous people and people who I feel like are really influential and just kind of give them a quick summary of what we got going on. And in uh, last week, Steve Weatherford, who uh, he was actually the NFL's most fittest man two years in a row. And the funny thing about that is he's a punter, right? So I, sh- and I but he loves the Lord, man. This dude is, uh, th- that's like what he's, t- after he retired, he's really got into like, you know, pushing his faith and helping men, you know, like get out of like certain addictions and obstacles. And uh, man, he responded to my to my message and he was all in and invited me to come up and meet him at his uh, church in Frisco. So I went up there and met him. And this guy was amazing, man. And he, uh, a couple of days later, he reached out and he said, hey, could I come and spend some time with your boys? I would love to uh, share my testimony with them and then take them all and buy them the next pair of shoes. So that's something we're super excited about. He's going to do that on the 19th. So we're, he's going to come and share his testimony with our boys and and that'll be really cool. It's just just a little piece of information with the mentorship that I'm really excited about. Um, I also want to take a second and thank uh, my buddies Brian and Garrett from Trinity West Roofing and Construction. They've actually our first sponsor that's going to help um, keep this show pushing. And uh, they're great guys, man. They they have a roofing company here in the DFW area. So if you need any you know inspections, free inspections, or any roof work done or any construction work done, uh, TrinityWestRandC.com is their website. So you could check it out. Um, mention my name, and they said something about a free upgrade. So I think they upgrade the shingles or whatever. So I'm not sure that world exactly, but I'm trying to learn it. But um, just super excited. Thank you guys, Brian and Garrett, for uh, for believing in this podcast and believing in the movement and what we have going on here. And now to get to the show. This is one I'm really excited about. I know I say that every week. You guys hear me say that every time. But, but um, I have Abe Wilder here, and he is the owner of Alpha Athletics. And when me and when I got out of prison, Chris and I, so this was probably six, seven years ago, Chris, who was uh, our lead trainer at the time, came across Abe and was like, man, you have got to see this dude. You got to talk to this guy. Like super motivational, super inspirational. He's kind of had a similar walk to what we had gone through. And and every time that I've reached out to him, he's been, I see you all the time at the at the bodybuilding shows, man. You always have a huge team with you, a huge following. So I just reached out to him a couple of times and was like, hey, man, would you come and, and, you know, share some of your story and, you know, how you got to where you're at? And, uh, and he's willing, so he's here. So, Abe, thank you for being here, man. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, so we're super excited. I'm excited. To kind of, I'm getting a call to be on a podcast. Oh, man, no, you're going you're gonna to do really good. I'll let me bring it up. Okay. Yeah, just get a little bit closer to the mic. Sorry. But, no, I'm excited for you to be here, man, because you've done a lot of great things. You've overcome some stuff, and that's really what Forgiven AF is about. So super thankful for you to be here. Sometimes it gets a little bit, you get a little ner- I get a little nervous in the beginning, but we'll work that out as we talk. Um, can you kind of give our listeners kind of a quick, like who you are and kind of where you're from? Okay. Well, I own a Alpha, and and y'all forgive me. It's aesthetics. I, I should have said oh. athletics, but my my wife told me it was gonna have be trouble for everybody. You should try emailing that thing. If you miss one letter, it's a problem, man. But uh, sorry about that. No, nah, no, nah, you're good. You're good. So. Um, I I was in the military for six years, and I'm fast forward. Went to the military, uh, got out, went to nursing school, and then opened the gym. Started doing personal training on the side with uh, with the nursing, and eventually I evolved into uh, personal training full time. 
I met some people in Albany, Texas, a bunch of, uh, I just, like, I didn't realize around nothing but millionaires, you know, so it's not, it wasn't an injunction of money they gave me, it was just this knowledge and just learning on, uh, on business. So they kind of gave me a push and I ended up opening my first gym. But before all that, see, I just went all the way to the end. We're not even at the end yet, you know, me going into the military, uh, prior to going into the military, is uh, actually a funny story how I got in. You know, my dad had tried to push me when I was getting out of high school and I was too busy in the street. I was not trying to be a be a Marine. You know, I said, I want to smoke my weed. I'm not going to the military. So I ended up going to college. Did absolutely nothing. <laughs> me and my boy T, we, uh, we was bad as a uh, myth man and red man on how high, just walking around the campus being silly, you know. Uh, I ended up finding out that I had a female pregnant and when she had my first daughter, uh, me and my parents had to take custody. So she wasn't when she wasn't going to take care of the do- my daughter. She wasn't in a uh, place in life where she could do that. So took custody. I ended up leaving school. Got to Kansas City, hanging out with my cousins down there, and everybody seen Friday. Excuse me, everybody seen Friday. You know, with Smokey's in the back with the with the two essays, and they see man, I know how to do this. Well, I smoked some PCP in in Kansas City, and I was high. For about a year, <laughs> so oh eventually, yeah. I mean, I was just we were doing a lot of wild things, you know. My friend Joe and uh, rest his soul, you know. That's how it goes with most of your friends. I'm sure with you, you got more rest their soul than than I'll see you later. So, you yeah, know, especially the ones on the hard drugs. Right, sure. right. Well, with the with me, my parents would help me raise my daughter, and I just happened to come home one night. You know, I was I don't even know if I was working at the time. I come home one night and my dad's just, uh, you know, he's, he was a Marine. He said, uh, what are you going to do with yourself? You know, like you got a daughter, are you going to be somebody? And on the whim, I said, man, I didn't, I didn't tell you. Go to Air Force. He said, what? So yeah, I'm going to Air Force. And you literally had just made that up spur of the moment. Yeah. The next day I, I couldn't come down. I was high on PCP. So I had to smoke some weed to calm down and I walked around the cruise office. And half my hair braided, half of it in the fro. And I told you, I said, I know what I look like. I know what I smell like. Let's do this practice, practice ASVAB. And uh, I'll get clean and we'll go from there. You know, and I just ran with it. Because when I told my dad that night, he was so happy. I was like, shit, why not? You Dude. know? And it was just that quick. So that's why I tell people, just jump off the porch. Just do it. Like, whatever you're going to do, just do it. Got in the military. Uh, hell, I, got, I went through tech school for six months after boot camp. Got to my base, I was at my base for a month, and one of my uh, best friends at the time had got out of prison. He had just got out, and uh, I had got my bonus, so I'm taking us all to Mexico uh, to have a good time. You know, so it's four, two cars, it's eight of us. I got my my buddy who just got out of, out of prison. You know, I t- we was in San Antonio, we went shopping, bought him clothes, and did all those things that you do with your friends when they first get out. And uh, now we're going to Mexico, because I'm telling them I'm gonna put some money in your pocket, after after this weekend, it's time to get to it. You didn't had your fun. You didn't had your run. Yeah. Now let's just go back to regular life. Well, we're headed down to Mexico. One thing leads to another, uh, and, I, and I'll say it. It's a, my buddy grabs a steering wheel. We wreck, and after the wreck, one of our friends end up uh, dying. You know, they end up going off the bridge. Going off the bridge. Well, you know, I had been in the military for a month. You know, and was I drunk? Like the police officer said when they came, because I had to climb down. I mean, if you go to Del Rio, you'll know the bridge 
because you'll see reefs and stuff all over the side of the road. Uh, I had to climb down, found my friend, saw that he had passed, climbed back up the side of the bridge and uh, called my mom, called my first sergeant. You know, so that being said, like, you're pretty with it, you know, if you, you're doing all that. Yeah. Uh, the police come. They ask me what happened. You know, nobody wants to be a snitch. You know, my man had just got out. You know, he had just got out of prison. I'm not going to say yeah. he grabbed the stairwell. I don't know the law. You know, so I said, man, we just wrecked. We just wrecked. Have you been drinking? Yes, sir. Are you drunk? I said, well, I don't know. I've been down here with a dead friend for 30 minutes. It wouldn't matter if I was sober or drunk. I'm going to be sober now. Yeah. But I'll take a blood test if that's what you want. He drives me to the uh, to the place. They take my blood. I get locked up on intoxicated manslaughter. Well, I bond out. Mind you, I'm in the military. Uh, so they, thankfully, there was, back then, the military was a little bit different. When I'm getting released to the military, I'm pretty much getting released into another form of custody. Yeah, like you the know? brig or whatever? Yeah, well, actually, they took me right back to work, man. I, After losing my friend, spending the night, spending two, two nights down there in Del Rio... Uh, boy, that's that's border town. Yeah, that's definitely a different type of jail. <laughs> that's border town, man. Yeah. And I don't know what nobody's saying. Because uh, yeah, you didn't speak Spanish? Hell no. And, and, they're, and they're walking around, and I almost immediately get in a fight. Because I had been in, locked up as a juvenile in, in little counties here and there. But I'm thinking, like, damn, I'm in the big tank. It's county, but this is Del Rio. Yeah. I feel like I'm across the border already, man. And the dudes, I go, take a, I go use the restroom. The guy comes to me. They tell me something I'm not really understanding. And uh, they tell me over to the tank chief, and he's trying to tell me something. So I'm ready to square up. I thought he told me, like, I'm going to squat when I piss or something, you know, because I'm young and I'm just, it's my first time there. I'm like, man, I'm, I got to hit the first guy <laughs> that, that yeah, comes at me, you know. Because you had that, and, you still had a little bit of that street mentality, even though you're in. Man, I was, that's a man mentality. It's, yeah. you know, you're going to hit something. So uh, now, what all he was trying to tell me was, you have to wipe the seat. Every time you pee for, you know, just courtesy. Yeah. It's like, cool. So anyways, I get out that Saturday, Sunday. I'm back on the flight line working on planes that Monday, man. Didn't miss one day of work, you know. Didn't miss uh, didn't miss one day of work. Uh, time goes on. They haven't indicted me. You know, they, they lost my blood alcohol level. You know, I think it took a year and a half. It came back a .14. And I was a little guy. I was probably about 120 pounds. And I'm not, they could have been, they could have said two point. Whatever, and I would have had a choice but to believe it, but a year and a half to get my blood test. Yeah, something seemed fishy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hadn't talked to anybody. It was in Kerrville. My friends from Kerrville, Texas were the ones that uh, were with me and uh, hadn't talked to anybody. When my trial's coming up, leading up to the trial at first, you know, I'm in a, a world of self-loathing. I'm, I'm better off dead type. You know, I'm going to work every day because I'm getting paid. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what's going on. And that's why I'm so stern on that. It doesn't matter what's going on in your outside life. You go to work, you have a job to do. You handle Still that handle outside of work. You don't bring that yeah. to work with you, man. And uh, it after that, before that year and a half, I was getting award. Everybody knew I was on. I hell, I was walking around the base with a leg monitor on, uh, doing PT. So everybody knew they just because of double jeopardy, they couldn't kick me out until uh, after the decision of the courts. So. We go to court, and I'm jumping around, man, because this, yeah, of course, this story You're still, good. this, this story still emotional. I really it's don't tell be it hard. often. A lot of people that, unless they've seen one of my stories, they really don't even notice about me. I told a guy I was a convicted felon the other day, and he's known me for seven, eight years, and he's like, "Man, I had no idea." I'm like, "Well, I don't even know 
how it would ever come up, you yeah. know. But uh, so people don't know a lot about my about my background just because, and I, and I we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, but we're going to court, and I didn't want to. I didn't get a lawyer at first. I was like, it doesn't matter. They tried some ambulance chases, tried to come and say, because you know my friend that passed, he was the only one out of us that was twenty one. Like they, they they knew that he's the one that bought the alcohol, but I wouldn't fess to it, and I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't go to that. It would it would have threw my charge away. Yeah, if you would have told on him or something. If I'd have said that he's yeah. the one that bought the alcohol, I man, what I look like? I'm yeah. stitch on the dead. Yeah, huh, we all. You're not supposed to do that either. Like uh-uh. it's everybody has their thoughts on that, you know. Yeah. Um, and there was the. There, I mean, there were so many things they tried, and I just didn't care. You know, talk to his family and ask them not to uh, prosecute. Well, we all grew up together. You know, that is not something you don't put that on somebody's heart. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't want them to, to that their child, you know, regardless of what happens, we're going to let the law run its course. Yeah. Well, all kind of crazy stories were coming out, man. Like half my town was saying that I, it was a murder. Like I uh, killed him and threw him off the bridge. A bunch of rumors and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was really wild because it didn't make sense on how they were describing the accident. The way they said he was ejected from my car, it just wasn't possible. But I didn't know that until... Years down the road, when I finally got a lawyer in a reconstruction team, based off of his height and the size of my little Toyota, whatever it was, Toyota Corolla, there's no way he could have blown out the back window. And this, I mean, they did all kind of, it was a pretty expensive. Uh, like reenactments and stuff? Yeah, they, they, they just broke it down, the, the accident reenactment. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, I said, sounds good, you know, but I'm the one paying you. So, of course, it's going to be in my favor. So, if it works, you know, that's what's up. But in my heart, because that's the place that only really matters to me. I'm still none of guilty. this really ma- yeah none of it doesn't really it doesn't matter like I don't need to know how it happened I just I've got a child already and yeah. that's what made me click I was like I've got a child that I'm trying to be around for at some point no matter what comes with it and this whole time I'm still working on the flight line I'm I'm still going to work I'm taking leave to go do these lawyer things yeah you know um, well let's see where I was at so. We head down to Del Rio, man. The dude grabs the steering wheel. We wreck. And, and see, I'm losing my train of thought. No, you're okay. I, I they, don't do this. No, you're good. You're good. Let me ask you some questions to kind uh, of keep I, rolling. Yeah, keep me rolling on it. So check this out. Uh, when they finally did make the final decision, when the courts finally, when you actually went through the court hearing and it all got done and they found you guilty, mm-hmm. um, the the military let you stay in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's where I was about the reconstruction. Yeah. Okay, you got me. Okay, so with the uh, with the reconstruction, they had their side of the story. You know, the police were saying other things. Well, I hadn't seen my friends that were there because it was four in my car, four in a car following us. So there's eight of us all together. So there were seven witnesses. Yeah. Not all of them showed up during court time when they were subpoenaed, but I see them all in my lawyer's office. Mm-hmm. I see them all there. I've been on the base in Abilene. They're down in Kerrville, and we really hadn't talked, you know. Uh, and they just started talking. Well, the my friend who grabbed the steering wheel, he tells me, man, you know, the DA uh, said that if, if I said X, Y, Z, that um, uh, they would help me with this dope case in, in Kerrville. Oh, that, see, that's and, but he, and, he, and he's telling me this. He's telling me this. They tried to do a reconstruction two years later. Like, they were doing it the weekend before my trial. Yeah. You know, the testing skid marks two years later on a highly trafficked, highly yeah, high accident gonna... area. That's weird, you know? Yeah. So, uh, 
we laughed. I was like, damn, they shady, you know? Were you, at this point, were you trying to fight the case? Like, No, I just was, like, we're just what, presenting the facts. That's what I know? mean. Like, why are they going through all this extra well, stuff well, to try to put, like, they're trying to put you under the jail? Well, see, with, see, with the uh, reconstruction team, they were trying to find me uh, not guilty because after, they, the law states that after an accident stops, the driver is no longer uh, uh, at fault for the, for the death. You know, yeah. So with my reconstruction team, what they saw was I wrecked, just like anybody else. We're gonna bail. He bailed, took a couple steps, and stepped off of a bridge. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So and that's how I went down there and I found him. But I didn't know if he was the window were busted. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. It, we go to we go to court, and my my reconstruction my reconstruction team tells their their bit and. On first impact, my trunk blew off. the The DPS were they just lying. They were they were lying. The first thing they said was, "There's no way my friend got out of the car because the doors were sealed shut from impact." Well, for insurance purposes, my father had taken pictures of my car with the door open, the door closed, no damage on it. It had nothing to do with what they were saying. Oh, he had just done that. He just did it for insurance purposes. So you, you know, you guys had that to present. Yeah, like- two, he took the pictures two years prior. For I mean, it took so long for him to yeah. give me. And when we told the ju- showed it to the judge, the judge is like, "Well, you know what? Sometimes they uh, they make mistakes." I'm like, what the? I'm fucked. I mean, I'm, <laughs> at yeah, that point, it's like I'm not. No, there's, there's no, there's no winning this one, man. Yeah, it sounds. But you know what? Even after it all went down and it was all finished, like wh- what's important to me and mm-hmm. what I care about with you is the person that you became after right. the situation happened. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and what I think is sometimes. As awful as it seems, sometimes God will allow things to happen, not, you know, on purpose. Obviously, he won't do things, but he'll allow things to happen for um, for his good or what could happen in the long run. Now look at you. Now what you do. All you do is pour into people, make people better. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you. So that's kind of the way I look at this. Let well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely what you just said there it has what happened there has totally shaped me. To uh, who I am today. That's right. Do you, you know? still do you still ever? I mean, do, have you forgiven yourself for for like what happened and how it went down, even if it wasn't fully your fault? You know what I'm saying? Just that's a that's a that's a hard one. There, I, I'd like to say yes, and I could I could tell you why, but just over time, you know, for it's been 20 years, you know. Yeah, I would start getting depressed around the time. And not even know it was the time, you yeah. know. It would just start hitting me, and and I still think about it, you know. But with faith, you know, I I wouldn't say back then. I wouldn't, you know, yeah. with my relationship with God. I see things differently now. Yeah, it's it's everything that happens in my life, good, bad. It puts me where I'm at. That makes sense. You know, I'm I wouldn't be right here in front of you if that hadn't happened. Yeah, you know, every decision I've made. It is a thought out. It is a plan, destiny. That's why I just kind of, kind of let go. You know, we used to have these hangups about approaching people or or reaching out to folks, but I'm not. I'm not in control most of the time. Yeah, I'm just doing what he wants me to what do. What he lays on your heart. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. When did you get saved? Uh, in 2014. How'd that go down? Uh, you know, when I opened my first gym, I just kept getting members that were saved and they kept telling me all the way when I was little, my my uncle was a, a pastor and he he came he was on drugs really bad. Been to all kind of rehabs, rehabs, never got clean. Went to church and 
Hell, he's been a pastor of his own church for 40-something years now. I don't know how long. You and know? been clean since then? Been clean. Been clean. The church saved him. I've seen my pastor that I have now, Pastor Ray Sandoval at Rise Church. We was running the streets together, you know, when I got out of the military initially and doing wild. I, I used to call him Crazy Ray. See, that gives then, me chills because I love hearing stuff like that. And I saw him one day, and uh, he was all clean. I thought he was a rat or something. I was like, I seen him because he used to be... But he got saved, man. Not not because he went to prison or nothing like that. Yeah. He was just he just got touched and and it's it's changed his life. He went to Victory Home here in uh, I think it's in Dallas. Victory Temple. Yeah, I think that's where it was. Victory Temple. I think if, if that's the thing I'm thinking of, it's it's, well, it's a Victory Home. It's a men's home. Yeah, it's a men's home. It's like a it's like a rehab home, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I know exactly where that is. That's a good program. Yeah, it's he a, went there, and that's why we have that. We have a program like that of our own in Abilene. The Rise Discipleship Program, which, and that's that's freaking awesome. I want to hear more about that. Uh, but I saw Ray, and if if Ray could change, you know, man, this guy. And that used to be my testimony to people all the time. I was like, hey, I don't really have. I'm one of those guys. Say, I'm a believer. I'm spiritual, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I could tell you about my uncle. I could tell you about Ray. Yeah. You know, this is what he's doing, and he kind of drew me into going to church. Just like anything I do, if I know the person, and what they're saying is I believe it because I vetted them. We made joke. Like I said, I thought I saw him cleaned up. I was like, "Oh, he's doing something else," or it's just one of those nonprofit hustles. Yeah, like you know, like yeah, fake. Like yeah, it's yeah, the same like, Ray. Yeah, same Ray. But yeah, you really got a nonprofit, but you're just hustling. Yeah, you know. And uh, a couple, years, no, maybe a year or so. I just watched him on MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, we linked up. Man, he's bringing guys to the home. He was part of a different home prior, and then he ended up opening up his own church and. Stars men's home usually they house about seventy five men. Uh, I mean, I, that's it's, awesome. It's huge. It's, it's huge. That's an awesome so, thing. I think did Chris might have even told me about that one. Did Chris maybe come? I tried to. I tried to take you Chris. Tried, to that's them. what it was. I tried to take him there, and that's you know. I said this is what I can do, and that's what I do with most people. When you're far gone, yeah, this is all I can do. Yeah. When it comes to any kind of addiction, this is what I can do. You can go here. You can stay here. I can check you in tonight. It doesn't matter when you hit me. I can check you in tonight. You can show up in, in nothing, and we're going to clothe you, feed you, and it's going to be all word. It's a, it's a faith-based uh, rehab. rehab. How, it's not even just for drug, uh, depression, anxiety. How does someone, if someone is needing that, if someone is needing some sort of rehab help, how can they find Rise Discipleship? Uh, it's risediscipleship.org. Risediscipleship.org. Guys, that's an awesome resource. If anybody hears that and is struggling with any sort of depression or drug addiction or... Because it's Abilene, right? Uh huh. So it's only about what two hours? About two and a half hours from here. Yeah, two hours or so from DFW. Sometimes it's better to get a little bit away from the area too, where you're from. So I just want to pause there for a second and and shoot that out. RiseDiscipleship.org. So if anybody's struggling with drug addiction and needs some help, that's an awesome resource. Yeah, actually, I have my uh, Sunday. My cousin came out from Atlanta. He had been struggling with drugs for a long time, and he graduates his year. Uh, actually, he did 13 months, but he graduates this Sunday. Is did the did that one famous dude go there? Um, that Mark Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown. He did, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, he did. He, his, his wife and kids still still go there. He's it's Orlando's Orlando. Y'all see him on the internet. I, I haven't, know. but is he has he got it together yet? <laughs> yeah, sometimes working on it. Sometimes he's just Orlando. Sometimes he's with it. Sometimes he's with that. You know. Yeah. It's, he's got a beautiful wife and 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 kid, uh, little man and. In Abilene, uh, he's there from time to time. He's just he's just Orlando, man, and he'll he'll tell you that's that's Abe. You know, he we got a relationship. That's, or, 
love and hate sometimes. That, you know, it's hard when you're pouring into somebody and you see their potential, and then they go out in a different direction. For me, I had to learn to not take it personally because mm-hmm. I used to get offended. Like if I'm pouring into this person and I'm trying to get them help and they're doing good, and then they go back out, I would. I, I had to learn how to not get offended by that. Well, see, see, with him though, it's I don't. I, I can't get mad at him and blame him when I don't believe it's him. I believe it's what they did. Okay. You know, you know, Hollywood, and we're seeing it now. Oh, is that part, is that yes. part of that whole Hollywood Yeah, thing? yeah, wow. yeah. So getting to know him, and, and if you really have a, a firm wow. belief and you've seen addiction, you can see when somebody's uh, a, a dope head and you can see somebody's touched by a demon, man. Like, he, this, he's been, it's been a, it's been a hard sorry. life for my brother, man, so I'm not going to dog him. No, It's just sure. you can only take so much. No, for you sure. It takes so much, but I don't like somebody like that, or even my friends, or that have been on drugs. You don't have to apologize because the person that offended me wasn't you. Yeah, that's. I good. just had to get away from you. That's good. You know, because I don't want to act out because I'm only human. That's so good. Dude. So that's that's our relationship at times. Yeah. You know, he's at a high point right now, uh, but I'm seeing the TV show, so I don't know. I haven't seen him in a minute, but like yeah. I love him. He's just Orlando, man. Yeah, that's it's sad because he, man, that's a tough situation, and I didn't know anything about that, but the whole Hollywood stuff. Think about what's going on with that Sound of Freedom movie and how Hollywood's trying to keep that from getting shown because of it's a lifestyle that a lot of those Hollywood people live. I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange it's a, it's a strange situation. Yeah. I mean, the world's a strange situation, man, on everything that we're pushing and not pushing. Yeah. You know, uh, I went and took, uh, my buddy actually bought out the theater last Saturday, got 130-something seats for Sound of Freedom. Uh, for us in his, in his church. That's cool. And uh, we all went and watched it. And honestly, the movie was was very powerful. You know, at the end when they're telling the story and you're seeing it and you, and you know the 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 story before you go. Yeah. But if you were just somebody who walked in there and didn't know anything about it and just watched the movie, you would think it's like a Liam Neeson movie. So with that being said, True. why were they not wanted out? You know, yeah. there wasn't anything... Abrasive, not no less abrasive than cuties. No, you know it, it was it was worse. It wasn't as bad no, as that. You know, right. so it's not what was said in the movie. You should be looking at why don't they want you to? See why do they it? want to keep that from being public? Yeah, knowledge? yeah. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole, you can find it really easily. Uh, but I mean, it's the same play with, and I'm going to go there because mm-hmm. this is what we do and what I believe in. Uh, it's the same thing with people now trying to say that um, oh, we're not pedophiles, we're minor attracted people. They're trying to even put a label on it to justify it and make it sound like it's an okay thing. Yeah. And it's sick, man. And it's ruining the kids. Think about the kids that have to deal with that and go through that. How are they ever going to be okay after that? Man, at least, you know, that is horrible, but at least they're saying it out loud. The other ones is just... Oh, like just keeping it a secret? Yeah, yeah keep... Yeah. Well, not really, though. Or try, Yeah. Not really, though. They're it. putting it in our face. Man. And we're not doing or saying anything because they're not saying I am a pedophile. I'm doing this. Yeah. But we're just stripping our clothes off in front of kids. Yeah. And and being pedophiles, but because I call myself something else, that it's like it, it's now, okay. They justify it. It's by okay. Changing. But it shouldn't be. It's just that's why I said the world is weird on yeah. what we're what we're pushing and what we're not. You know, I I love everybody. You yeah. know, just like I said with Orlando, if it's it can't be you that's doing that and it may be and I don't want to go off on a tangent about that sexuality or, or what yeah, people yeah. are doing it's more so it's the acceptance of it you know yeah. you you can be who you want to be I don't have to accept it I don't have to attack you yeah I don't have to but if you ask my opinion 
I'll do this, but if not, we can hang out. Yeah. Like not hang out, hang out, but we'll be okay. For sure. You know, we'll be all right. But I just I don't agree with what's going on in the world. That the the race baiting, the the everything that goes on, the system has been set up to let young black men know they're behind, you know, or to believe they're behind. Or to make I, them believe that? Yeah, and when I say the system, uh you could say the white man, but if I, I'm really talking about the left, I'll be honest, I'll say it directly. You know, it's it's weird. That's another weird. I'm going to use that because that's all I can say. I'm just, yeah. That that's weird. That's weird that you would vote for somebody who is, is clearly uh, uh, doing the benediction for a Klansman, you know, that can outwardly do racist things, but we're going to try to find something racist about somebody else. Yeah. Or... Or the fact that you were speeding, you were drinking, you tried to pull a gun on me, and I shot you as a cop, and I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's it's enabling people. It's 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 enabling people to do idiotic things. And when I say people, not you people, I mean black, white kids. Yeah. Kids are looking at us. Old folks are sitting back like, oh man, come on. You know, some people are gonna be more lenient than others, and some people are gonna be more stern on it. But it's what they're doing to our youth, making them believe. They make them believe that I don't have to show my ID to you. I don't have to do this. You know, where we could have been doing the worst, doing 10 times worse than they're doing. Yeah. And we're tightening up. Damn, cops got us. Yeah, we still respect. You know, we're not fighting the law. We're not fighting the teachers. We're not fighting our parents. That's true. You know, but now it's you got square kids getting jumped on by the cops because they're being so crazy about you know, just common practices that has always been. Yeah. You know, it's, it's... It definitely, there definitely needs to be some work in that in that level. And it's true. And I think that a lot of the times the people want to, um, when it comes to politics, like you were kind of saying, it's, that's how some people remain in power is by making people feel like they need them or that they are really the ones helping when they're not. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? so yeah. It's like, you got to read the book, uh, How to Make a Slave. They played it out perfectly uh, in this election. This Pat, this, yeah, that, that's... That's textbook Willie Lynch. Oh, really? See, I yeah, what's see, it called? How to Make a Slave? Yeah, How to Make a Slave. It was actually a slave, a slave master that came down and was teaching people how to break slaves. Step by step, remove the man. You know, yeah. that's playbook. If, if anybody out there, look it up, read How to Make a Slave, and you'll see the comparisons. See, that's... I mean, the things that are happening is so in your face. It's kind of, there's a book on, um, that I read some of it, and just kind of piece of it that is a lot about like how Marxism mm-hmm. and how like Marxism would take over and a lot of the plays from Marxism is a lot of stuff that's been going on in our world recently as far as Man. like you know the COVID stuff and just a lot of different you know I don't know it, it's a, it could be a rabbit hole it could well, we both know there's a lot of books we could read what's going on in this world we can get in the Bible and really get deep you ain't lying that's the best <laughs> book that's going to tell us what's going on so when did you start doing uh, like physique shows? Because okay. I've seen you, I've seen you just crush these shows, man. Okay, so with the uh, I've always lifted. You know, when I joined the military and dropped the PCP, you know, one addiction to the next, because I never cared about fitness. You know, and then looking back at it, when you're older and you look back, did I really not care? Or was it was just because I was skinny and I didn't think I could do it. You yeah. know, because I didn't play sports, man. I played baseball as a youngster. When my dad was in the military, he got out when I was 14. We moved to Texas, and uh, I wanted I was going to play baseball. Well, all the black folks, it was, it was a lot more separate in, in my town than it was in California as far as races. Yeah. I mean, as far as uh, uh, race races, meaning 
black, white, Mexican. It wasn't racist. You mean as far as race? Yeah. Yeah. The black table over here. Yeah. You had some white folks over there. You know, it was yeah. separate. So the black dude was like, man, black folks don't play baseball. You know, we play basketball or football. Well, I'm not playing football. I'm tiny. So I played <laughs> basketball. And I was freaking terrible, man. I was B team, you know, smacking the backboard. But it was just, eventually I got kicked off the team for being a knucklehead, you know. Uh, but I started lifting when I got in the military. And it just, it just stuck, man. And, you know, and it just, literally, I could tell folks from when I started doing push-ups in boot camp, Unless I was hurt, I probably worked out every day from 19 years old till 43 years old right now. Every single day, man. Yeah. And not like in there trying to do anything. Yeah. This is just what I do. Yeah. You know, I'm a creature of habit. I get up, you know, back in the military, I would drink a 40 ounce and go lift, do some weights, eat some bad food, drink a 40 ounce and repeat the next day after work. So it wasn't a chasing of physique. Yeah. It was just... This is what I do. Part of your life. Like, I lived, you know, when I first uh, got into uh, tech school, there was a bunch of black dudes that kind of, they kind of talked like me and looked like me, but they had goals and they were all in the gym. You know, so that's, that's actually where it started. I kind of creeped in, trying to ease in with them. I'm like, man, these dudes seem more like my speed. You know, you can be tough. You can be a ladies' man, but you ain't got to be dumb and and... Act a fool, yeah. You know, you could just regular, regular guys, you know. So, and they were there, so that's where I started. But mainly, it just fell into a, a passion of lifting, and that's why I pushed it. That's why when Ray had opened the men's home, we had the guys they work out continuously. Oh, that's it's, it's, awesome. You know, I don't. I, I tell. I don't know if that saved me. You know, I kind of forced Gump the PCP. You know, I just yeah. just done and just went to the military. You know, yeah. never touched it again. Well, a couple times, but. Yeah. Pretty much done with it, but it just it changed me. I I offer to folks, maybe it'll change you. Maybe reading will do it. Maybe, you know, no. another hobby, something. You'll have some kind of event that will change your life. It doesn't I, have to be the gym. It just happens to be that way for some people. No, I love that because I definitely replaced drug addiction with fitness, like a hundred percent. Like I have to get my workout when I and if I don't, I start to feel anxious. I start mm -hmm. to feel very irritable. Uh, fitness is definitely a huge tool in overcoming addiction and depression and stuff like that. So that's great. You said two things so far in this interview, and I want to bring them up because I don't even know if you know how awesome they are. But you've said twice how your life has been impacted in a positive way by being conscious of who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So you said you didn't even realize you're hanging out with all these millionaires at one point. Mm -hmm. but, but when you're hanging out with a bunch of millionaires, you know what you're going to be? the next millionaire, right? right? You're hanging out with a bunch of guys that are in great shape. You know what you're going to end up being? In great shape, right? So that's just a just a little thought that I would like someone to take away from this is be very conscious about who you're surrounding yourself with because if you look at the way he's done it, that's one of the reasons he's been so successful is because he put big... Would you agree with that? You put the right people in your circle? Yeah, uh, God did. Yeah. God put the right people in my circle, you know, and, and going back to even how I got saved. You know, people are seeing in me things I didn't see. You know, so they were, man, he's such a godly man. I'm like, am I? So, you know, John C. Maxwell, man, he's, yeah. I, I respect that guy. He's a great speaker. And he's got a, a couple quotes that I've always tried to uh, live by. So he says to everybody, close their eyes and think about that one person, you know, when they're there, you're on your best behavior. You know, they hold you in such high regards, what they think of you. You know, at our age, it could be your kids or, or whatever, but there was a, a maybe not even your mom. 
you know, a school teacher, they just saw so much in you. So when you saw, when you saw them, you tightened up. Uh, what if you did that all the time? What if you just acted like that all the time? Well, that's so good. You know, so with that, he rolls into the, it can be used on the opposite. You do it for somebody else. And he says, treat a man as he is and you make him worse. Treat a man as he could be and you'll make him better. That's so good. You know, so that's, that's what they did for me. And that's, I always return it, you know, pay it forward. So I'll meet people and I'm just, you know, I get frustrated. Like, man, my phone's always ringing this and that, but it's, that's, that's who I am, man. I, I have a desire to reach out and help because I want people to feel what I felt. You know, people treating you good yeah. will change your life. People being around you, having you do the wrong things, that's where you're going to end up. Yeah. You know, I take responsibility for everything I've ever done. But I will say it had a hell of a lot to do with the company I was keeping. That's so you know? good, bro. You just dropped some dimes. My dad used to always call me growing up and you're a follower. You know, why are you being such a damn follower? You know, that's not who you are. In my head, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm running this. You know, I'm, I've always been the leader, which I always believed I was, you know, but. You can lead in either direction. I was leading in the direction that I felt like they thought I should be leading. Yeah. Y'all think I'm this. I'm a criminal mastermind. I can do that. So I'm not leading in the direction that I know that I should be. I'm leading where I, where I can with my friends are. So really, I'm being a follower because I'm leading the way they want me to. Yeah. I could have done anything. I learned that is what you pour into people is what you're going to get. You know, if I'm if I'm steadily sitting here with somebody coming up and I'm feeding hating to them or, or lusting to them or, you know, I've seen guys in the gym where we're talking and we're doing guy talk. You know, we're, we're guy talking and they're starting to get in shape. They're getting in a lot of shape. And next thing you know, their, their marriage is in trouble. Oh, that's good. You know, you got to be conscious of what you say. Good. Because that's not, no, nah, that's not my fault if I did that. But back, you know, really, yeah. what if y'all are talking about God or what if y'all are just talking about something else? That's good. It's, so, you know, so sometimes you, so kind of what I'm hearing you say there is you got to really be conscious about the conversations and what you're pouring into people correct. because as a person, and it's funny that you said that because I've seen that happen, especially with men as they start to get in shape and they start to feel like they're a little bit, they start to get a little bit of ego on them. Mm -hmm. They start to feel, and then all of a sudden they start to like step out. They falter. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's just even with like with youngsters, you know, I'm always quick to tell them you're great. You know, I get into it with my daughter's boy. I got four daughters, by the way, uh, get into it with their little boyfriends. And then it's I still want them to know, like, no, I want you to be great, you know. Yeah. But they're just not getting the same tools that me and you had. You know, even if your father was there or not, the world was different. Yeah. You know, so I try to pour into them. You know, I can't sit back and complain about how they are. And not try to help. Dude, that's so good. You know? So a lot of times dads, you know, with the daughter, if <laughs> that's so good, Abe. Listen, so you have your daughters, right? A lot of dads are sitting back in there like, you know, complaining about the guys that are with their daughter. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing that, you've decided that, you know what, I'm gonna pour into these boys and hopefully they can become who my daughter needs or who my daughter who I want my daughter to be with. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what people were doing for you, right? Right, right. And absolutely. But it's a fine line. Yeah, it's a fine line because as soon as you cross the line, especially you know, with your daughter, right? Yeah, well, that, that's just it, and that that even with friendships, I will pour everything into you. When I decide that you don't want it, it's gone. Yeah, or if you it's don't gone. like, yeah, they don't yeah. appreciate it, or they no. Don't. Well, you mess like with a boyfriend, obviously, you mess it up. Yeah, we're done. You know, we're done. Or I had one cousin come down and go to the home. He left early. Me and you were done. I did what I could. Yeah. I can't give you a ride. 
Yeah, don't call me for more help. I can't you do help yourself. anything. You know, if somebody is actively trying to do better, if I see somebody in the gym that they're working their ass off, they don't have money for a nutrition coach, they don't have money for a personal trainer, and you can vet that, you can ask, I will yeah. grab you. And hey, here, man, let me let me hook you up with this There's workout. There's no doubt man. in my mind that you Let me hook you up with this diet. Mainly because, you know, I want to see you do well. Yeah. You know, I don't know why you're here. Well, they're a representation of yeah. your gym also. Well, that and I don't know why. Are you here because you're sad? Because you're missing somebody? Because this is your place? I want this to be your place. Dude, I love that, man. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm not going to resell a diet plan or a workout. Yeah. If I make one for this person, what am I going to sell it to you for? So here, here you yeah. go. Here's one, you know. Here's one that's already selling. But I don't know. Side. I don't know. Like, I open up to most people, man. And you can see it. And I feel like that's what God wants me to do. You know, that's, everybody has a job. Everybody has a job. You know, everybody feels that job differently, but God has a mission for all of us. Amen. You know, and I feel like I'm walking that, how I see fit to walk it, yeah. you know, but I know my intention. You know, I have to help this. I have never helped somebody and felt bad about it. I've been burned a million times, but I didn't help you for you. I helped you because God told me to. I did my part. That's good. I followed the mission. So it's kind of I like, don't get uh, uh, disappointed. I'm going to put this on a smaller scale, but it kind of reminds me of when we see someone on the street homeless, right? And people are like, man, I'm not giving that dude a couple of dollars. He's going to buy a beer. Mm-hmm. Really, what that person does with that money is on them. You know what I mean? If you're answering the call, like, I feel led to give this. I'm not saying go out and give everyone your money. But I'm right, just saying right, it's just kind right. of the same sort of representation. What they do with it, I'm going to offer my help. Here's what I can do for you. And it's up to them to take it or use it for something that can better them, right? Yeah, and see, and I, you know, having these different locations I've had, I see people all the time. And rather than say, hey, here's five, go get this. Hey, man, come get this trash for me. And Yeah. Come get this trash. Come earn you 20 bucks. Yeah. Don't solicit my customers, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you work for 20 bucks here. Yeah, make it about 10, yeah. 15 minutes. Do something for me. Yeah. You, you got to do it. Put a little we're bit not of work gonna, We're not going to open our hand up like that. I'm not against you, per se. I'm against that act. You know, we're not going to just put our hand out. You want to work for it, you can have it. Now, in some cases, you'll look and it's like, okay, I'm going to help them out. Because you can never just look at a person and say, that's an able-bodied human being. We know some people that look normal that, like, if you put them on the other side of town, they're lost. Yeah. You know, their brain isn't right, either from drugs or just life. We don't know what that person's going through. You got to be a little bit crazy. You're not that lazy. You know, you got to have a little bit crazy in you to stand on the side of the road to try to get money. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So. But for the most part, it's I'll give you a I'll give you a job to do. If you can't do that, then you got to get away from here. Yeah, no, that's you know? good, man. It really is good. So what's what's next? What do you see in the future? What do you what are your plans for? Uh, man, I'm looking to. I mean, the gym's doing well. You know, finally, you know, we've jumped we've jumped around. You know, the way of life was three thousand. I took over goals that was twenty thousand square foot. The gym was just too much. It wasn't making money. It looked good, you know, but it wasn't making money. My father passed, and then that's when I started doing my, you know, looking at time spent on money earned. You know, not it's I'm not gonna miss time with my kids and my family, you know, and it's and it's not paying out like it should. Yeah. Now, if I'm working 16 hours a day, and I'm leaving a legacy, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, that's what I'll do. But if that the, the ends don't justify the means, I'm not I'm not gonna do it. So I've got a smaller gym at 6,000 square foot, and we're doing well. So it's a constant battle you know i'm not one to uh 
you know, we got a lot of people to get out here on this podcast and want to make it seem like they're they're up. You know, yeah. no, nah, I'm not up like that. You know, I'm 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 feeling I'm in a position where I can help others. Yeah. You know, but I'm only in my position because I help others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so great. No, I like so I, uh, whenever I can. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's next. You know, I'd like to get into talking like y'all, but uh, I like also being on the floor and being one on one with people. Yeah. No, you. I mean, you have a lot to offer. That's here's here's a question that I want to ask you and you can think about it for a second. Um what is the one or two, three, what are some pieces of advice that you would tell a 16-year-old now who's kind of lost or trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life? Or it could be Abe at 16 years old. Like, what are a couple pieces of advice that you kind of wish you knew or you think some kids nowadays could be beneficial to them? Uh, I mean, I'd love to say listen to your parents, you know, but the parents' dynamic has changed a lot. So a lot of these boys don't have... They don't have people on, yeah. to, to tell them, you know, but it's... One thing that changed me is trying to fit fit a standard or a mold. You know, be who you are, be be your truth. Meaning, you don't have to run with the pack. You don't even if you fit with the pack. You know, you're gonna feel out of place. Don't you? There's no need to do that. You can change the direction of the pack. Yeah. You know, you can bring life to it. Uh, I spent so many years, and again, I don't regret anything because, like I said, I wouldn't be here. But looking back, I know I've, I I bowed to do things that I, I know I normally wouldn't have done. Yeah. You know, getting into things I normally wouldn't have gotten into, you know, I would like to say. Uh, but it's just, it's the company you keep, you know, and then having a strong faith. You know, I I've go through a lot. People that actually know me, they're like, damn, that man, how's he keep his head up? You know, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of different things that happen with my family and, and around where, we were, uh, where I'm from, but I've got faith that there's there's a reason for everything. You know, yeah. when my dad died, you know, people thought I handled it really well. It still hurts, but, you know, we had a good relationship. He had a relationship with God. I did. We didn't leave anything unsaid. So I I miss him, yeah. but I'm not mourning him. Yeah. You know, That's good. I'll see him again. Uh, they, I just... And I want men to stand up and be men. Mm. You know, I want. There's nothing wrong with being a man. You're supposed to be a man. Yeah. You know, uh, all these years of, of of fatherless homes. These guys, they've they, their whole life. Mom's cooked. She's done the bills. If somebody crazy comes to the door, mom's at the door. She's done everything. So these men have modeled themselves to where you wonder why they're laying on the couch while your daughter's cooking and doing everything. Man, that's because that's what they were taught. I was taught that if I could take my shoes off before I go to sleep, I'm doing great. Because my father, I always wondered, like he works till he falls asleep. You know, he just yeah. keeps going and going. Uh, on the flip side, you know what I also learned from that back then was dads don't really show emotion. You know, that's what I had to get past. That's I, so good. I, I had to get past that, not kissing and loving on my kids. Now it was me and my brother, so it was a little bit different, but. I honestly don't think my dad said I love you until I was in court. You know, when that dude said, when the DA said, I recommend 20 years. You know, that's the first time I heard it. Man, that you know, me cry. So, but I didn't think anything of it. It wasn't, it wasn't a hurtful thing. Yeah. The only people that said they love you is people that's locked up. Yeah, but you hadn't, you know. Yeah, so you hadn't seen the other side of it, so you didn't know anything different. No, no. So with my daughters learning how to kiss and love them, and that's my wife's family was like, that is like that. So... I learned a little more affection and, and kissing on my daughters and telling them that I love them. 
Uh, whereas my oldest daughter, she had a different dad. You know, I was 19 and and we get along, but she's she definitely got my attitude. I instilled yeah. that in her. But in her defense, she had the 19-year-old Abe. Her sisters had the 27-year-old oh, Abe. That makes sense. You know, different daddies. Yeah. Different daddies. I'm sure she's happy and proud. Her sister's got a different life, but it's still. No, that's totally. You know, I didn't understand different. what you meant at first. You yeah. said she had different dads. And I was thinking about Yeah, that. everybody always trips when I say that. I'm like, yeah, she had a different daddy. You know, if you had her when you was 19, and I know who I was at 19 out there. Yeah. 27, I'm about to graduate nursing school, marrying uh, uh, my wife, the mother of my kids. Yeah, that's, so that's two different, different people, completely yeah. two different people. Yeah, I wasn't too far off from my walk at that point. That's a good lesson that it's okay for when people are like, oh, man, you changed. You'd be like, yeah, I definitely changed. Yeah. Like, I de- thank you for noticing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes people try to use it against you like it's a bad thing. Like, oh, man, you're different. You changed. Like, it would be but a problem if I stayed the same. The deep thing is they say you changed, but you really haven't. You know, I'm exactly who I've always been, just doing it in a positive way. Just doing it better. I'm doing Still it. Still I could always lead, lead, but I'm leading in the right direction, I believe. Yeah. You know, I could always... You know, I was, I was just always, what I was doing then is just going in a better route. Yeah. You know, so uh, change, I'm going to change my address. I'm going to change my phone book, you know. Yeah. But more likely, I'm the same. You just, I've matured and grown, just matured, and now yeah. you're still where we were at, you know. Yeah. You know, because if, if anybody can see what you're doing and say you've changed, that, that should be a compliment, you know, yeah. if they mean it in a positive way. You know, if they mean it, it's not a bad thing to change. No, it's, no. dude, that's so good. I mean, you've dropped a lot of really good things here today, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Can yeah. you share with all my listeners how they can find you, whether it's your social media handle or, or website for the gym or just whatever? Okay, you can, uh, my website is alphaestheticstraining.com and my Instagram is Abe underscore Walzer. I'm about as bad as checking messages as I am checking text messages. So if I don't hit you back right away, you know, and, and I, you know, on these things, we're supposed to give our shout outs and stuff, man. Just for me, like in, in real life. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm blessed to be here. This is therapy for me. If one person watches this, you can see it in my eyes. I'm getting stuff off my chest. So if, if, if people enjoy hearing it, that's, that's what's up. But this was Thank you, you know. Yeah. Thank you for the free therapy session where I get to unload uh, uh, for a minute because that's how I look at it. This is it could be considered promo, but I'm going to consider it uh, yeah. therapy, and I appreciate you. No, man. it's awesome, man. You've done as good as I thought you would do on this mm-hmm. show, man. I'm excited for people to hear it, especially for some of these lessons that you've dropped because a lot of these boys, man, they they need to see. I'm really big on representation, right? And a lot of these boys are already going down the path that me and you went originally, right? But then they see someone like you, and I don't mean this in a like weird way, but you're good looking, you're in great shape, you're successful, you know what I mean? You carry yourself well, and then they're like, oh man, but he, you could tell he still got some hood in him, you know what I mean? Right, right. And that's, and I love that. To me, that's... Yeah, yeah and that's, and when you say no change, that's yeah. exactly why, you know? I think I could do a little bit better on my language as far as we all my could. language. We all could. But... The way I am and what I get out, it's for a reason. It's to serve, like I said, the mission. That's what how I'm supposed to do it, yeah. you know. So, uh, and the way I am, people, the kids will talk to me and they're like, "Man, you don't know, you know, you've been, you probably did this and did this." And then that's when I start hitting them with, with truth, you know. Like a lot, of, like I said, a lot of people don't even know I've got a felony because, like we were saying earlier, I like for people to see me as Abe, you're a good person, or Abe, you're doing well. 
because I'm doing well and leave it at that. I don't need to hear, considering where you're coming from, you know, you're doing great. Or you, you're right, because it kind of takes away from it, right? Yeah. Am I doing good or am I doing good compared to where I was? Yeah, you're pretty hot for an old guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's, I, it's more so I want people to have that confidence. Like my clients, quit showing your mm. throwback Thursdays, man. Yeah, you used to be bigger. But just, we get it. But you know what? You're hot because you're hot. Yeah. Brother, you're jacked because you're jacked. Not because you used to have titties. Yeah. You know no, saying? I feel but you 100%. You're just good. Yeah. You're just good. You're doing great for yourself. Not because you used to be a dope head. You're doing great. Regardless. Done. Yeah. yeah. I, dude, done. I, you know what I mean? I, I can feel, I'm sensing this from you just off of what you said. And, uh, and, I, and I'm the exact same way. One of my favorite things to do is instill confidence in people. Mm -hmm. To see someone come into the gym with their head down, depressed, and then, you know, three, four months later, they got their shoulders back. They got a little swag mm -hmm. in their step, especially women, you know? I love right. that. Do you know how many right. women come into the gym? I, I like to ask everyone their why. And one I get all the time, once I really dig, is I just want my husband to think I'm sexy again. Like, that's a really common one, right? Like, I just mm -hmm. want my husband to look at me like he used to. And you can start to see that build in these women as they mm -hmm. get in shape and as they start to feel them. Oh, yeah. That's that's a, a given. That's what I say about the pop. Like, walking in and filling their chest out. Yeah. That's why I create the environment that I created. Yeah. Because years ago, before I bought Gold's Gym, you know, I had a client. He was a doctor. Super cool dude. Let me drive his Porsche. Wanted to go out to Miami Beach Week like a really cool doctor. Yeah. Single guy. And uh, I called him and said, I'm on my way. I'll be there in a minute. He said, well, I'm waiting in the parking lot. I said, why? He said, them dudes are jackasses. They're kind of assholes. I'll wait. I said, are you sure? So I go in. I walk in. What up? Hey, what up? What up? You know, and we walk in. And I'm leaving. And I was like, well, he wasn't jack. He's like, well, he doesn't even acknowledge me. He don't say nothing to me. So when we get, when we get done, I'm like, all right, you go walk out before me, man. Walk out before me. He's going to walk out. He's doing the casual, giving him a second to say goodbye. And the dude doesn't doesn't say anything. So I'm like, hey, man. And then the same guy, like, what up? I said, no, what's up? I said, what's up? You don't see him. You're not going to say goodbye to him? I said, that's a real cool dude. But even if he wasn't, acknowledge him. You work here. Yeah. Don't be that guy. I don't need to, you to say hello to me. You should be nice to people, bro. Yeah. You really didn't know what to say. So when you come in my spot... And you'll hear me, what up? What up? By your name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm being an ass all over because I want you to feel comfortable here. I want you to feel accepted. We've got work, home, gym. That's what all, all most of us got. Yeah. And for those that ain't in the street like that, it's that is our club. That's why we spending two hundred dollars on a workout outfit because that's the club. I'm there for three hours, <laughs> so four hours. True. That's why I'm at. So don't hate on people that want to spend some money. So they, they're not buying an outfit for one night to go yeah. out for two hours. They're buying it for the gym. Yeah, you know, and reusing it. Yep. You spend more time in the gym than you do out clubbing. Yeah, uh, exactly. The party, so like, so why not look good? I wanted to be. I wanted to be that club for people. What does man? Dion say? Look good, feel good, play good, mm -hmm. right? And that's so true. Yeah, be hey, accepted, man. Uh, thank you, Abe. Like, for, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming and doing this. Um, I'm excited to get this out because you definitely dropped some good information. Um, you got anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, nah. Happy birthday, Liv. There you go. You know my little mama's turning 13. She didn't want to come with me, but that's okay. It's okay. We, Love you anyway. She's probably past that age when she wants to kick it with dad anymore. <laughs> real, my, my son's almost there, but it's okay. It's All okay. Right. Hey, well, remember. you having me, man. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, anybody listening, man, remember that you're loved, you're forgiven, and there's nothing you can do about it. And uh, thanks for turning in, y'all.